powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on TM and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. I want you to go to this scripture. I want you to go to, uh, I want you to, go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. We looked at this last week. Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. And uh, this is going to be good for us today. Say, I will not be ruled by my emotions. I will rule them. Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, in Habakkuk chapter 1, we'll look at it in a little bit. He complains about what's going on, and he gets emotional. Say he gets emotional. Uh, please understand, the quickest way to get in your emotions is for something to not go the way you want it to go. The quickest way to get in your emotions is for something to not happen the way that you want it to happen. The quickest way to get in your emotions is somebody to treat you poorly, somebody to act crazy with you. The quickest way to get in your emotions is somebody to mess with your money. The quickest way, don't get quiet on me, 915. Now, Habakkuk is complaining in chapter 1, but in chapter 2, verse 1, he says this. I'm going to stand my watch, and I'm going to set myself on the rampart. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to learn how to stand. You've got to stop letting small stuff make you sweat. You've got to stop letting small problems keep big things from popping. Y'all know that. Touch your neighbor and say, stop sweating over small stuff. Uh-huh. I will stand my watch. He said, I'm going to stand here on my watch. In other words, I'm ready to take action and set myself on the rampart, and I'm going to watch and see what he's going to say to me. Now, I got a question for you, 915. How do I watch to see what's going to be said? Unless what's said is going to change what I see. I'm getting ready to say something through this message that's going to change what you see. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to be corrected. Because your emotions have been out of order. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, so write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Father, today we pray that you would speak to us with clarity, speak to us with power in the name of Jesus. Taylor, make customize this word for us, your people, that we would mock and what you have ordained. What is that? It is for us to be on 10, experiencing the best of the best, best of the best people, places, things, and ideas in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare, Father, that you're going to customize this word in such a way that people will leave this experience 
having a divine encounter, not just with a man of God, but with the God of the man. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five two or three people. Tell them this, your appetite needs to change. Your appetite. Yeah, your appetite needs to change. Be seated. Uh, emojis are symbols that illustrate emotions. And our emotions, we've learned in this series, can change and cause us to act strange and even cause us unnecessary pain and problems. But I don't know about you, uh, but if I don't have to add pain and problems uh, because there's already some on the schedule, I'm not trying to add nothing that's unnecessary. Touch your neighbor say, stop adding unnecessary stuff. There's some stuff you would have beaten and conquered years ago, except for the fact that your emotions have been adding unnecessary stuff. There are certain things that you would have already conquered years ago, except that your emotions have been adding unnecessary stuff. But I stop about to tell somebody today that yesterday was the last day that's happening in your life. Touch your neighbor, say no more unnecessary stuff. In this series, we have now been confronting and conquering our emotions uh, so that they do not conquer us. And we're beginning, uh, we looked at the anatomy of emotions. We've looked at the breakdowns that we can experience. We've looked at how to not get emotional about love, how to not get emotional about money, how not to get emotional about God and church. We've covered a lot of territory in this summer series. Uh, we even learned that God is transforming us into his image daily. And that transformation is a process and not an event. And sometimes in that process, of transformation there are breakdowns and that's part of being a human but those breakdowns happen in our emotions and the reality is if you pick a name from the bible the process of confronting an emotional breakdown is the same touch your neighbor and say that's part of being a human but you know that because we've learned that uh, but most emotional breakdowns begin we learned last week with unanswered questions about why the nouns people places things in our life happen and our emotions become erratic that means they become inconsistent and turbulent they become evasive which means they avoid the real issue so we deal with the pretend issue never conquering the real issue and they become enigmatic which means they're mysterious even we can't trust them because they're good liars but our emotions are endeavoring to answer the questions that we can. Why did this happen? How did this happen? How did I miss this? Why did I let this happen? Why did I trust them? Why did I believe them? Why didn't I do this? Why did I act like this? Why didn't I listen to this? Why didn't I listen to this counsel here? Uh, our emotions are trying to answer those questions because our emotions are control freaks. They want control of everything all the time. Let me prove it to you. There's some stuff you got to look at. This morning when I almost missed the flight, I, I, was, I was mad. I'm just going to be honest with you. My emotion was mad. And then I said, I got to pick another emotion because being mad ain't going to make the train move. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Just, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, in other words, my emotions were trying to take control, but their response wasn't actually fixing anything. They were just making me miserable. I came to tell somebody your emotions have just been making you miserable about something you ain't got no reason to be miserable about. You being mad ain't gonna change nothing. But, what's this? What's this? What's this? Say my emotions are trying to answer questions. Now, now this is what happened for Habakkuk. We're almost there. This is what happened for Habakkuk. He got emotional, and when he got emotional, he was emotional because he had all of these unanswered questions. So his emotions are trying to gain control. And so this is why we get mad. This is why we get sad. This is why we get uh, melancholy. This is why we have fear. This is why we feel lonely, because we're trying to gain control. And when we're trying to regain control, our emotions begin doing erratic, evasive, and, and, and enigmatic things. So this is what happened to Habakkuk. Habakkuk Back in chapter 1, verse number 1, 
It says this, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Now, I want you to see this. He's a man of God. Say, he's a man of God. This is important to understand because sometimes uh, when you see other people uh, deal with it who seemingly have a, he wasn't the go-between or he didn't need a go-between, he was the go-between. So it's important to see that if he went through it, touch your neighbor and say, you will too. And the first thing you got to do is stop beating yourself up for being a human. But then the second thing you're going to have to do is realize I don't have to respond that way anymore. Now let me go back. Back to chapter one. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? He said, God, I'm doing this, but watch this. Watch this, church. My emotions aren't moving you. Lord, why don't you uh, care about the fact that I'm in a rough emotional situation? Can I encourage somebody today? And at first, it's not going to sound like encouragement. At first, it's going to sound like I'm trying to beat up on you. But touch your neighbor and say, that's not the case. Your emotions do not move heaven. Your crying does not move heaven. Your pouting does not move heaven. Your temper tantrums do not move heaven. Your cussing does not move heaven. Habakkuk said, Habakkuk said, now Bishop, why is that encouragement? It's encouragement because after you do all of that, God's like, are you done now? Are you ready to fix the problem now? You didn't cry at all them tears. You ready to fix it? You didn't stomped around the house mad. Are you ready to fix it? You didn't threw in the towel. Are you ready to fix it? You didn't cussed everybody out, but are you ready to fix it? I think there's some people up this 9.15 a.m. experience that say, I'm through with all them crazy emotions. I'm ready to fix it now. High five your neighbor say, I'm ready to fix it now. So Habakkuk, 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 he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, God, I'm crying and you're not hearing. I even cry out to you violence. I get sensational about it. I act extra with it. I, I, I do crazy stuff. I, Lord, I do stuff to try to make you respond to me because I figure if I get emotional and if I start sighing and if I start crying, and if I start walking around with an attitude and if I have and if I walk around with stank face, maybe you'll hear me. Maybe you'll respond to me. Maybe you'll act like you hear me. Touch your neighbor and say, God ain't moving to that. And I'm talking to somebody, watch this, that over the last seven days, you've been driving in your car and tears started falling down your face. And you were saying, God, do you not care? Here's his answer to you. That ain't moving me. What's going to move me is when you change your appetite. I find your neighbor say, you got to change your appetite. Habakkuk, he said, he said, how long am I going to cry and you're not going to listen? I even cry out violence. I get, I get extra with it. I do a lot of extra stuff and you're not saving me. You're not changing this. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife. Watch this. Can I just break down the verses and teach it I want to? He says, why do you show me iniquity? Iniquity, generational sin, three types of sin in the Bible. Sin, which means to miss the mark, archery term, uh, which means it was a mistake. It was an accident. I didn't know. Then there is transgression, which is to willfully deviate from that which you know to be the truth. Don't touch the water. Touch the water. That's transgression. Uh, then there is iniquity, a generational sin, which is passed down from one generation to the next. And in 99% of the scriptures, whenever we see the word iniquity, that's what it's referring to. Now watch this. He says, God, why are you letting me see these curses? In essence, he's saying, he's saying, God, I'm the curse breaker, supposedly. But when I look at my circumstances, I don't seem no better than them. Who, 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 am, I, who, 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 who am I talking to? He said, he said, why do you show me iniquity? 
And why are you causing me to see trouble? See, when you're emotional, remember, you lose the truth about stuff, right? We've learned that. So he's now blaming God for his trouble. God, you did this. You started this. You're the reason I got this problem. And then look at what he says. For plundering and violence are before me. What is to plunder? It is to take with violence. Watch this. He's saying, listen, people come in my life and I think they're coming to add to me. And the presence of them suckers don't do nothing but take from me. And Proverbs gives him a name. Leeches have two daughters. Give me and give me some more. He said, listen, everybody that's around me is plundering me. They're taking my joy, taking my time, taking my peace, taking my energy. And he's saying, why aren't you doing anything about it? And not only do they plunder me, the ones that should have prayed for me prayed on me. The ones that I would have fought for wouldn't fight for me. The ones I would have took somebody's head off for won't even. He says, for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife. He says, not only are the people around me, he said, are they taking from me? He says, but there's violence. He says, there's all this drama. There is strife and contention arises. He said, listen, every day is some new drama. I, okay, y'all don't want to be real at 915? Have you ever sometimes been scared to have a good day? Because you thought if I get my hopes up to have a good day, some drama might go down and it's going to ruin my day. Y'all going to look at me with that tone of face? H have you ever been scared to get your hopes up? Because you're like, God, the last time I got my hopes up, you let me down and I'm, I'm going to keep my expectations low this time because at least that way I can't be let down. At least that way I can't be disappointed because I'm sick of plundering. I'm sick of violence. I'm sick of strife. I'm sick of contention. Is there anybody that can be real in this place? Well, there's some stuff in your life you can say, I'm sick and tired of seeing this same up. That's where Habakkuk is and he is a man of God. He's God's mouthpiece. He goes to tell the people. The priest went to God on behalf of the people. The prophet spoke to the people on behalf of God. He goes to God and he goes to the people to speak on behalf of God. And Habakkuk is saying, God, I, listen, Lord, I, me and you got some stuff. He says, God, listen, I, I ain't even talking about the people. I need this for me and you. I ain't even trying to help them. I don't care whether they get nothing. I just need me and you to be good. I'm, I ain't worried about mama and them, Susan and them, cousin and them. I'm just concerned about me and you because me and you, my emotions got me thinking you don't want me no more. I want to preach to somebody. My emotions got me thinking you don't care about me no more. My emotions making me think you ain't going to keep me on 10 no more. This is where Habakkuk is. And look at what he says. Therefore, verse 4, the law is powerless. And justice never goes for. Now notice this. He's speaking in absolutes. Say absolutes. Absolute. Say it again. Say absolutes. Absolute. He says, God, your word, your law, he says, it's powerless. He said, I don't even know. Watch this. He's a man of God. He says, I don't even know if I believe your book no more. Let me come down your row. He said, I don't even know if that stuff's true. You wish above all things that I prosper. Why ain't I prospering then? 
You said I'd be the head and not the tail. Why am I the tail? Ain't nobody going to talk to me today. You know you've asked the question, touch your neighbor, so you might as well be real. He says, he says, he says, this word is powerless. As a Hebrew, he refers to it as law. Law would be Torah, first five books of the Bible. Uh, so when he refers to the law, he's referring to God's word because as a Hebrew, that's what they would have. He says because they are the prophets, so they are now the writing of what we call the Old Testament. So they have the Torah, the first five books. So watch this. He says, he says this word is powerless. He says it doesn't even work. He is a man of God. And he even says, I don't even know if what I've been telling them works. Because I'm so emotional, I think this word is powerless. Touch the neighbor and say, your emotions will play you. Now, play is, a, is an urban colloquialism, which means they'll, they'll, they'll trick you, they'll fool you. Now, now, he's saying this to God, but he's only saying this because he's emotional. And he's emotional because he's trying to get control of the circumstances and situations. He says, therefore, the law is powerless. And he says, and justice never goes forth. He says, you don't ever do anything for me. Okay, I can see it's getting quiet because I must be in your Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Now, just for the record, for those of you who are saying, they don't know the difference between flavors and colors. It's a joke. Watch this. He says, you don't ever do anything for me, God. Woke me up. All my body parts working. Got good food on the table, clothes on the back. Gas in the car. Kids in church. Opportunities that you really don't qualify for, you really shouldn't have. But he says, God, you don't ever do anything for me because when you're emotional, when you're emotional, you'll start accusing, God, you never do anything for me except all of this stuff I have. You never do anything except for the fact that, what's this, somebody just died. What, 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 what's this, what, what, somebody just died. What, what, what's this, what's this, somebody just died. And it wasn't you. you, you but, but when you're emotional, you'll accuse him of stuff. He says, and justice never goes forth. He says, you never do anything for me. You never do anything that benefits me. He says, for the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. He says, nothing ever works for my good. It works for the good of everybody else, but nothing ever works for my good. Anybody ever felt like that? Anybody ever felt like a backer? Just be honest with me, church. If you've not felt like him, then you're not a human. You're from Mars. You're an alien. Touch your neighbor and say, we've all felt like that. And if you haven't, keep living. You will one day. When the right circumstance happens, you'll feel that way. But notice, you'll feel that way. That's not reality. That's your feelings. That's not truth. That's your emotions. And consider this. Habakkuk says all of this to God. He is the go-between, so he doesn't tell the go-between. He tells God. He says, God, you don't ever do anything for me. Can you imagine pointing his bony finger? Can you imagine this? Parents, can you imagine your child calling them, correcting you? 
Well, in Denver, I don't know. Y'all may let them do that. I don't know. Mom, you never give me an iPhone 6S. I only have an iPhone 4. I want some privacy, Mom. <laughs> privacy. <laughs> Take the dough off. You ain't sleeping with no more sheets. You just go sleep on mattress. Yeah, you want privacy? I got privacy. Pull the shower curtain back. You ain't got. And that ain't your phone. They got to call me to call you now. They got to text me. I'll tell you what your friend texts you. What you finna eat. They ain't want to know what you eating. <laughs> Parents, if, if your child called themselves trying to talk to you this way, you know, you might have to call the church for special prayer. And we got to have a miracle service to revive. Come back in the name of Jesus. They are not dead. They are just sleeping. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say my emotions can mess me up if I let them. Habakkuk says all of this. Now go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. This is what we looked at when we started. And then I'm going to get to this thing about appetite. Say my appetite must change. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. He says, now watch this. After he gets emotional, he says, oh my God. Did I say all of that? I said that out loud. Oh. You ever, you ever said something? Maybe not even to God, just said something that when you look back, you're like, oh my God, did I say that out loud? You have been thinking something that, and, and, and it was supposed to stay in your head, but it left your head and came out your mouth. Habakkuk, between uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, he has this realization that he was being emotional and his emotions were erratic. They were evasive and they were enigmatic. And he says, wow, I've been totally out of order about the way I've been looking at this. Touch your neighbor and say, your emotions have been messing up how you're looking at things. Now, that's what we dealt with last week. But look at chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to stand, stand my watch. I'm standing now. I said, when you're emotional, here's how I want you to think. You are, you're, like, you're like this. It's like the Matrix. I ain't going to try that, though, because I don't know how that would work. When you're emotional, watch this. Here's how you are. At lunch, you're excited. 15 minutes later, <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. You get good news during the day? Oh, my God, I'm on 10. I'm on 10. God is good. Woo, shalom. Get some not so good news? Can't even believe this. Are you serious? I wish I would be honest, church. Now, but you from this day forward, when you feel your emotions trying to do this to you, here's what you're going to do. We call that posting up where I'm from. Just the neighbor say you got to post up. That means, no, I ain't going to do like this here. I got to stand still 
Why? Because my emotions are trying to get control, but I realize I can't let them have that much power. Touch your neighbor and say, don't let your emotions have that much power. Now, now, now watch this, watch, watch this, watch this. He said, I'm going to stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. In other words, he's saying, I need to watch to see what he's going to say because what he says is going to change what I see. I'm going to say it again. I need to watch to see what he says because what he says is going to change what I see. There are times, watch this, where uh, you can be very close to making very bad decisions, but you come in church and then something is said that changes what you see. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I got, a I got a witness here. Can I get two? I got two. Can I get three? Can I get three? I got three. I got four. I got five. I got six. I got seven. What was it? There are certain times, there's stuff you conspire to do in your mind. That's because of your emotions. But when you hear something said to you, it changes what you see, which then changes what you do. And I came to tell everybody that was conspiring some crazy stuff, you better cancel them crazy plans, cancel that foolishness, because there's a word being released in here today that's going to change what you see, and it's going to change what you do. Bishop, what do you mean? He says, I'm going to stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say and what I will answer when I am corrected. Leave the verse up. He says, and what I will answer when I am what? Corrected. In other words, look at this, what I will answer. An answer is a response to a question, which means part of the correction and how he saw things was God had to ask the right questions. Now, I'm going somewhere because somebody said, Bishop, where are you going with appetite? Stay with me. I'm getting an appetite. He says, I'm going to watch to see what he will say to me and what I'm going to answer when I am corrected because I realize my emotions had me out of order. Let me, let me tell you something. When you're emotional, please understand, and hot. What, <laughs> That's why people be making crazy decisions in summertime. No, some of you are like, do you mean like hot in a certain way? No, I mean literally just hot. No, there's, there's no separate meaning there. Just literally, just hot. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. He says, he says, uh, 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 he says, and what I will answer when I am corrected. Watch this. He says, my emotions had me seeing things incorrectly, so I need to be corrected. And so you remember last week we talked about the fact that our vision needed to be corrected because it's not what we're looking at, it's how we see it. It's not what we see, it's how we look at it. Do you remember that? Now, watch this. He says, and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me. Now, notice, God didn't start responding until he started talking right. His emotions didn't move God. See, some of you are like, God is not doing anything for me. And he's like, and I'm not. Not with all that emotion. Let me tell you what I call it. I call it extra. And so when folks come with extra, be like, oh, you need to stop all that extra because I'm not even, I ain't heard nothing you said. And I understand why God is that way because God is saying, you're just giving me a bunch of extra stuff that's not fixing the problem. Cut the extra and let's deal with the problem. Touch whatever say, cut the extra. In fact, when folk come to you emotional this week, you need to say, cut all that extra. Cut all that extra. Call me back when you're not emotional about it because your mouth is going to write a check that the other side might not be able to cash. Then the Lord answered me, I'm almost through, we're getting to appetite, and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run uh, who reads it. He, he says, God, 
God, God, God says, I'll respond to you, Habakkuk, when you realize the issue hasn't been me and what I'm doing. The issue has been you and what you're seeing and what you're eating. Touch your neighbor say, your appetite needs to change. He, he said, the issue, Habakkuk, is not me. You keep blaming me. In fact, it's so interesting. If you did the daily Bible reading the other day, you listened to the book of Job on our mobile app. It's totally free. You can get it. You can read the, the Bible in the whole year. Just automatically it'll read it to you. I like it because when I hear the audio of it, I can see the pictures of it. And so I'm visual. I'm audio and visual. And so I, I like to hear it and see it. And so watch this. There was a powerful scripture in there. The, the scripture says that God's anger was grieved and it was kindled rather against Job because Job the whole time he was in his breakdown kept trying to justify his actions and the book says he never tried to justify God the book says he was self-righteous in his own eyes. So Job would walk around talking about, well, Lord, I did this, and Lord, I did that, and Lord, when the poor needed me, I was there. And Lord, oh, I says, well, I says, here's the stuff you've been saying. And Lord, when people needed me, I was there for them, and now ain't nobody there for me, and you ain't even there for me. And God, I did this, 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 and God, I did this. And the scripture says in Job that God's anger was kindled against him because he, watched this, because he kept trying to be self-righteous in his own eyes. He kept trying to explain why he shouldn't have to go through it, opposed to saying, what about me picked me to qualify to go through it? Can I tell you some of the stuff you deal with is not punishment, it's actually a reward? Bishop, what do you mean? God is not going to give level 10 stuff to people living on level 2. What you've been facing is level 2, 10 giants, level 10 problems. Who am I preaching to? Level 10 issues is actually a compliment. Touch your neighbor and say, you've been complimented by God. Watch this now. He, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he uh, said, and Job, he said, my anger is kindled against you. And it's kindled because... You're self-righteous in your own eyes. Now, watch this. Watch this. Bishop, what in the world does this have to do with appetite? Touch your neighbor and say, we're almost there. Uh, we talked about last week when he says, write the vision, make it plain so that he who reads it can run. Say, I got to run. Now, when you run, you get somewhere further faster. Today, I was running. No, literally, when I heard them say, I said, now you got to come on here. I said, this ain't never, ever happened in the historicity of me traveling. And I said, I was running. I mean, I was going too, but I had my good preaching running shoes on. Here's the point, church. Here's the point. As I was running, I was getting somewhere further, faster. G God says, listen, when you come out of your emotions, you're going to get to your intended destination. You're going to get further faster. You're going to get what? Further. Say it again. See, you were planning on it being done by December. Let me announce something to somebody. Get at seven days. You, you don't even know. You don't even know. You said maybe by 2017 that'll be done. God says, ooh, no, that's going to be done before you step foot over into 20. Say, I'm going further faster. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. He, he, he said, and when I am corrected, when you go to the optometrist, if ever you are not seeing 2020 vision, whenever you're not seeing things clearly as, as close to perfection, which would be on 10, 
Whenever you are not seeing clearly, what ends up happening is they give you what? Corrective lenses. Now, that could be contacts or that could be eyeglasses. Now, why are they doing that? Why do they call them corrective lenses? Because the intention of them is not to just anesthetize the error. It is to ultimately correct the error. Come on, church. Sometimes we just want to anesthetize. What does that mean? Anesthesia. We just want to feel good about being emotional and out of order. But that's not what corrective lenses are designed to do. What they're ultimately designed to do is to say, we need to get you seeing right. Which is why they will tell you as a parent, get your children in corrective lenses early because they may not need them later on if you fix the problem down here. Let me preach. Some of the stuff you're dealing with, you're dealing with because nobody corrected your vision down here. And so because nobody corrected your vision as a child, you're now dealing with that on your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. But I announce to you, you are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. You are the boundary breaker in your bloodline. Touch your neighbor and say, get your vision corrected. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. I, I got to finish. I got to finish. I'm almost through. I got to finish. There were three predominant types of vision errors. Watch this. Somebody said, Bishop, what does this have to do with appetite? I'm going to get there in just a moment. The first was nearsightedness. This is when light entering the eye is focused incorrectly, so distant objects appear blurred. Emojis can affect how you view the future and you have no hope. And the scripture says, watch this, hope does not disappoint, which means if I have no hope, I will always be disappointed. But the crazy thing about it is when I'm emotional, I don't want to have hope because I don't want to be disappointed. But the reason I keep getting disappointed is because I don't have hope. I said it so fast, I'm going to say it again. When you're emotional, you don't want to have hope because you don't want to be let down. But the scripture says that hope does not, give me that scripture in Hebrews. The scripture says uh, that hope does not disappoint. So if hope does not disappoint, watch this, I will always disappoint, be disappointed if I don't have hope. But when I'm emotional, I don't want to have hope because I don't want to be disappointed. But the reason I get disappointed is because I don't have hope. Be a good church. Be a good church. Be a good church. Touch your neighbor. Say, don't let your emojis ruin your hope. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Uh, Romans. I said Hebrews. Romans 5. Put it up. It says, now hope does not what? Disappoint. Now, you're trying not to be disappointed by not having hope. What is hope? Expectation. You keep saying, if I don't have any expectations, then I can't be let down. But the reason you keep getting let down is because you have no expectations. But your emojis, your emotions have been lying to you, telling you that if you don't have any hope, then you won't be disappointed. But the reality is, is that's why you keep getting disappointed is because you don't have any hope. The second, the second was farsightedness. Farsightedness is when there's a greater difficulty seeing near objects uh, rather than distant objects. Emojis can affect how you view the present and you'll see your circumstances worse than they are. You missed it. You'll see your circumstances worse than they are. You'll lose a little money and forget that you got a lot over here. Yeah, okay. You, you'll lose one person that you call friend, but not realizing the fact that they could walk away was proof they could never stay. That wasn't no friend. You just got saved from a Judas. That was a sleeper sale. I feel like preaching right through here. First John says, if they were of us, they would have continued with us. But the proof that they could go from amongst us was proof they were never of us. People can be around you but not be of you. They just around you. 
and they can talk like you, they can walk like you. Let me preach to my own self. They can dress like you, walk like you, talk like you, act like you, but don't mean that they are of you. You're still here, church. Emojis can affect how you view the present. You'll see stuff as worse than it is. Oh, my God, I got this one bill. That ain't the end of the world. Pay it. They're going to give you that scripture for 1 John 2, 19, so they can see that. They went out. I love this scripture. God, they went out from us. They left us. But they were not of us. See, he says, he says, your emojis don't make you think you lost part of you, but they were never part of you. Because the fact that they could go away from you was proof they were never part of you. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Because if they would have been of us, they would have still been walking with me. Even if we had to walk together through a valley, they would have been right there with me. Even if we had to walk through a disagreement, they would have been right there with me. Even if we were mad at each other, they'd be right there with me. Even if we wanted to cuss one another out, they'd be right there. So you ought to thank some people. In fact, you ought to let some bitterness go. I told him in Dallas last night, you ought to let some bitterness go and say, I ain't even mad about it no more. You know how to say thank you, Jesus. I learned how to say thank you, Judas. First, he says, but they went out that they might be made. Watch this, manifest. He said, you couldn't see it right because you were emotional. Your emotions made you think they were of you. Your emotions, what's this? You had an emotional love. They had an emotional love. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. This is in any context. You had an emotional love, and the problem is they change. That's why biblical love is not an emotion. It is a decision. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Biblical love says, you know what? You work in my last nerve, but because I choose you, I choose to be patient with you. Back to 1 John 2, 19. Back to 1 John. Back to 1 John. Back to 1 John. He says, but they went out that they might be made manifest. He said, he said watch this. He said, you needed to see this happen. Because you wouldn't have believed it had you not seen it. Because you would have kept getting emotional about it and kept saying, no, they didn't mean that. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, they wouldn't have acted like that with me if they had really known what was going on. Watch this. They would have asked you if they cared. They wouldn't have let some lies and misunderstandings and foolishness. Uh, uh, l- listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you can believe anything, touch it, touch it, David. So let me tell you something. Now, and if they didn't touch you, push them and say, let me tell you something. Now, they ain't already waived the right to mess with you, so you good. Watch this. Watch this. If some folks that's supposed to be of you will believe something negative about you without ever talking to you, don't you negotiate with them. Let me tell you what you get in. Deuces. But you, bye. You must not know about me. You must not know all your stuff in the box to the left because it, it. kick them to the curb. You know what I'm getting ready to say? Ain't no curb there. Build a curb and kick them to it. Don't say you're of me and you wouldn't even check with me. somebody to shout and thank God for every Judas you dealt with the last year. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be seated. I got to finish. I'm out of time. I got to get to appetite. <laughs> Touch your neighbor. Say thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got to thank you. You got to thank you. Got to learn how to be thankful. First John says, you needed to see that. So you didn't, watch this, so you didn't invest any more time in that. You needed to see that. So you didn't put no more money in that. I want to just take out and bust a move and run down this aisle. Ah! Touch your neighbor and say, you needed to see that. Then, 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 farsightedness. You'll think present stuff is worse than it really is. I got to finish this. And then astigmatism. Astigmatism. Remember, we're talking about vision. We're getting the appetite. Say, we're talking about vision. We're getting the appetite. Astigmatism. This is an optical defect in which vision is blurred due to the inability of your optics of your eye to focus on a point. Watch this. When you're in your emotions, you'll be busy but not productive. You be like, I'm just so busy, but you ain't got nothing done. You ain't got nothing done because you're emotional. Okay, you watch this. How you even sat up and doing all this, doing all this, I'm doing all this. What you got done? Nothing. Because your emotions have you doing stuff. But you're not doing it with excellence. You're not doing it with efficiency. You're not doing it with power. You're not doing it with focus. But I announce to everybody under the sound of my voice that astigmatism that's been on you spiritually, I break that now in the name of Jesus. How do I'm focused? He said, he said, we got to finish this. He said, I don't just want you to be, I don't just want you to be busy. I want you to be productive. But you can't be productive when you're not focused. It is the difference between going on a run outside and going on a run on a treadmill. I exerted energy, but on the treadmill, I didn't go nowhere. But when I'm outside, not only am I exerting energy, but I can look and say, watch this, when I do my jogs, I like jogging. I think I jog about five miles when I do it. Actually, I don't think it actually is 5.3 miles, but who's counting? Uh, I, I do when I jog, and it's actually not quite technically a jog. It's like a fast walk. But I call it a jog because I'm calling things that be not as though they were. So watch this, so, so. This lady in the elevator up there, she said, she said, oh, my God, you just, you just look like a workout every day. I said, do I? I said, thank the Lord. I said, I don't. I said, but I'm glad that I look like him. See, when you're on 10, you'll look like stuff you don't even do. Y'all don't know how to shop. You'll look like you got stuff you ain't even paid for. You'll, you'll. And I'm not being pretentious and nothing like that. Don't start nothing with me. What's this? What's this? So, so, so when I'm doing it, I like to, I like to do it. The reason I like to do it outside, I like to do it outside because I want to see my progress. I hate the treadmill. I hate the treadmill because I'm like, I didn't go nowhere. And these numbers on the screen are nice, but I want to see some progress. So when I, when I do my jog outside, 
I can look at the bridge I crossed and say, I crossed that bridge over there. One time I took a pastor with me, uh, years ago, I took a pastor with me, and we did not said, you do all of this? I said, absolutely. I said, because it, it, it what reminds me to keep it moving. Bishop Foreman, what are you trying to say? Watch this. Uh, when you have, watch this, when you're in your emotions and you get emotional astigmatism, you will be busy but not productive because you're not focused. But I declare there's a focus on you. I declare there's a focus upon you like you've never been focused before. In fact, as we step into the eighth month of New Beginnings tomorrow, I declare there'll be a focus in you on the things of God like there's never been a focus before. All of a sudden, scales are falling off from around you. Scales are falling off from your eyes. Somebody holler, I'm focused. Holler again, holler, I'm focused. So watch this. It's not what you're looking at. That's the problem. It's how you see it. Now watch this. Your vision, here it is, is like your appetite. Mister, what do you mean? Psychologists say that we eat, here it is, with our eyes. You missed it. Psychologists say that we eat with our eyes, meaning our appetite isn't really a product of our taste buds. It's a product of our vision. Come on, be a good church and watch the connection. Come on, come on. You got to catch that train so you get to the plane. Touch your neighbor say, catch the train to get to the plane. We talked about vision and how when you're emotional, your vision can be messed up. But the reason your vision is messed up is because you eat with your eyes. So really, the issue isn't your uh, eyes alone. The issue isn't your taste buds, excuse me, alone. The issue is your appetite. It's a product of our eyes. Here's what we conclude. We conclude that if it doesn't look good, it doesn't. You ever look at stuff and be like, I ain't eating that. You know, you know we, we got, we've got such a diverse congregation, so we have harvesters that eat lots of different kinds of meats. Now, I'm a typical American, and so I, I, like, I like beef, pork, chicken, two types of fish. This is me. Now, we've got a very diverse congregation, so they have different other meat groups they add in. Now, Bishop, what are you trying to say? But it doesn't look good to me. Uh, I remember one time went to a particular restaurant where they put this big old piece of piece of bread out. It's like a, a like a big old piece of bread. And, and what they call it? Uh, it's just bread, okay? Flat bread. See, I'm from the south. Our bread's supposed to have some yeast in it, so we can put butter on it and honey and all this. In. But this bread was flat, and, and they were like, "Well, no, you just put the meat in there, and then you pick it up with your hands." I said, "So all everybody here is going to put their hands in it?" I said, "Oh no." Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to be able to do that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Don't you leave me out there. I ain't going to be able to do that. No. You finna put your hands in? Oh, no. No, that's all right. Just bring, just, just bring me some water. <laughs> just bring me some water. Oh, no. This is our code. But I'm, I'm American. And in America, we do not believe this is too much communal eating. Amen. Nothing against nobody else. It's just, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I said, so what is that? Meat. What type of meat? You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Ooh, for now. What's the point, Bishop? If it doesn't look good, it, in our minds, it doesn't taste good. So here's how your appetite works. I'll crave what I keep seeing, and I'll want what I keep watching. 
So to be on 10, here it is, your appetite must change. And appetite means strong desire for or liking for something. It means passion, enthusiasm, and desire. So check it out. To conquer and confront your emotions. Here it is. This is perhaps the most keystone of the messages of the series. There are three areas our appetite must change. The first is this, your appetite for absolute timing. Your appetite for absolute timing. Another word I could use for absolute would be perfect. See, emotions opposite what you need often manifest at the worst time. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, emotions of loneliness and emotions of, of that made him want to quit, made him want to give up. In fact, he got so emotional that he got so stressed he began to have great drops of blood. He had hemotidrosis, which is now when his sweat glands mixed with blood and now blood drops were falling. But watch this. His emotions, bad ones, crazy ones, showed up at the worst possible time. The emotion to, that will cause you to pull back will show up when you really need to surge forward. Emotions that tell you to surge forward sometimes will show up when sometimes you need to pull back. Mr. Foreman, what are you trying to say? Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning you sow your seed, in the evening you do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Here's what I need you to get. You are waiting for the perfect time and there isn't one. I'm just waiting on the perfect time to do this. There isn't one. I'm just waiting on the perfect time when everything is in, oh, everything is in line. Then, then I'm going to go to the gym then, or whatever. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do that. And when everything is together, then I'm going to forgive. It ain't gonna, everything ain't going to never get together. You're going to have to forgive anyhow. Because forgiveness ain't because they asked for it. Forgiveness is for you, which means the condition's always right to forgive because I don't have time to carry you around with me everywhere I go. Ugh. Say, I have to lose my appetite for absolute timing. Uh-huh. He says, if you regard the wind, you will not sow. See, some folks are waiting. I'm going to get involved as soon as this happens in church. As soon as this happens in my life, then I'm going to start serving. And that's why it's never happened. Because you're waiting on absolute timing because your emotions have you with an appetite that wants absolute timing. Touch your neighbor and say, stop that. The time is now. Say it's now. Here's the second one. Your appetite for attention. If I had time, I'd preach to you about how, 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 but I, I don't have time, but I'll get there at 1115. But let me just, can I tell you the story? There was now, there was now a, a redeemer who, who, who his, was dealing with this woman named Gomer. Gomer was in the scripture regarded as a not so good looking prostitute. Now that's what the Bible calls her. Okay. That's what Bible says. Don't, 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 don't start that with me. I'm just saying what the scripture says. And at the beginning of the text, the scripture says in the book of the prophet, I don't, I'm not even going to tell you where it is because if we go there, I'm going to preach it because they're going to put it on the screen and then I'm going to be pulled in there and we're going to preach it because my emojis are going to see that and I'm going to be pulled into that. I ain't going to tell you where it's at. They're going to find it anyhow, though. I know they're going to do it. But watch this. And the scripture says at the beginning of the text, it's a parallel between God redeeming his people and this particular man of God redeeming Gomer. Gomer was regarded as a loose woman, as a prostitute. The scripture says that she whored herself out to anybody. 
and everybody because she wanted attention. Oh, God. And the scripture says that a prayer had to be prayed. And that prayer was that a, watch this, a hedge of thorns was erected around her that would mess up everything she ran to to get attention other than God. God, I wish I had time, but I don't. You keep craving attention from people on Facebook, people on Snapchat, people on Twitter, people on Instagram, people in your family, people that are relatives, people on your job, and God says, I want to get your attention, and I'll give you some attention. Stop looking to people to give you some. I told you they were going to find it. There go my emojis. Hosea 6, 2 and 6. Here it is. He says, therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so she can't find her past. Next verse. She will chase her lovers but not overtake them. In other words, God says, I need you to get rid of this emotional appetite for attention. You keep doing stuff so people notice you, so you get attention, and you keep trying to draw attention to yourself. Let me tell you something. Likes are not loyalty. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to change that appetite. God says, I need you focused on me, and then I'll be focused on you. I need you focused on the kingdom, and I'll be focused on you. I need you to keep me first, and I'll make sure you never last. Leave the verse up. Okay, I told you. God, don't it, don't, don't it. Watch this now. He said, he said, he said, I'm going to put a hedge. Watch this. Job calls it a hedge of protection. Here it's called a hedge of thorns. Which means everybody, watch this church. I'm going to help some of y'all understand something. God says, what's your motive for that person in your life? Because your motive for that person in your life wasn't right. God says, I put thorns around you. You just were thirsty for some attention. So what I did is made it so it ain't even going to be able to work no how. I dropped it too hard. It's some people, some friends. I'm just so lonely. No, you're not. Just thirsty. You want attention. And so because you're on 10 and you want attention, you keep messing with twos. You keep, you keep interacting with zeros. And God says, you are not a chicken. We slaughter and eat chickens. You are an eagle. And eagles know how to fly by them. You may not go with me, but I'll go by myself. That's the reason why some people never make progress in life. It's because they try to overstep the thorns. I'm going to make this happen. And God says, and God says, listen, that's the reason why you, you invest time, energy, all that, and it doesn't ever turn out to what you think it will be. He says, because your motive is wrong. You were after attention. And God says, you fooled everybody else, but you can't play me. So God says, watch this. I put thorns around you, so interacting with you hurts people. I got to quit because I'm out of time. I got to stop right here because I'm out of time. Verse 7. But can I just give you verse 7? No. You're going to chase all the attention you want, but you'll never be satisfied. 
You're going to seek people to make you feel good and give you some attention and text you in the morning and text you in the evening and text you in the noonday and give you some attention, but you still ain't going to find what you're looking for. But here's what that's going to make you do. That's going to make you step out of that appetite that seeks attention. Can y'all read the verse in here? And I'm going to return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. What's he referring to? He's saying, I'm going back to my first love, and his name is J-E-S-U-S. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You can be married, but your first love is still J-E-S-U-S. You can have a babe, but your first love is still J-E-S-U-S. Uh, uh, what this? this? Touch your neighbor and say, change your appetite. Ch ch change your appetite, seeking attention from folk. It's, it got real quiet right there, it, and I don't like that. Don't play me. Touch your neighbor and say, it's too quiet. Seeking attention. Now, we, listen, let's be honest. We all want to be validated. We all like to be affirmed. That's very different than attention-seeking behavior, which is the emotion of hysteria. That's an emotion. It's attention-seeking behavior. If I act crazy with, with someone, if I do this, you know, I told y'all some stories. I had somebody, somebody faked a suicide one time. I said, that, you got my attention, but let me tell you where you got my attention And, and they ain't not over there. I'm just, I'm just pouring. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just before. Watch this. Here's the last one. And I got to stop right here. I'm out of time. Your appetite for the auditory. What's that? Auditory. I could have said it like this. There's, there is a, there is a word uh, that means music because I'm alliterating. So the first is your appetite for absolute time. And second is your ap attitude, or ap appetite for attention. Third is your appetite for the auditory. Now, I could have said it like this. There's a, there's a word uh, that, that translates into that. It, it's, it's the appetite for an aria, which is music. Ooh. I'm coming down your row. Now, right, right. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When you're emotional, have you ever noticed how you put on music to match your emotions? Right? Okay, we've all, we all do it. I don't care what your taste in music is, we've all done it. If you got achy, breaking heart, you got achy, breaking heart on. If you're in the middle of a breakdown, you got Tony Braxton, Tamar Nim. Who else? Anita Baker. Anita Baker, look at some. You must not be from Denver. They don't know. Anita Baker was a singer. She was an R&B singer from years ago. Who else? Mary J. <laughs> You're going down, huh? You're going down. They ain't around. Who else? Who else? Diana Ross? Okay. What's she saying that's sad? Everything? <laughs> give, give me some more. Give me some more. Erica Badu? Got you calling all kind of people. Calling Tyrone, Ramon, Shamon. What's this? Who? Keisha Cole? Who at Luther? Which one though? 
Amen. Amen. Well, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Let me get because the because the millennials are like, who is that? So, because you think some people ain't loyal, you looking at you listening to Deacon Chris Brown. I tried to clean it up. I made him a deacon. It's quiet. Who else? Black? No, that's 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 that's. I'm my millennials. What y'all? What's your Adele? Drake? Trey? And the songs. Rihanna. <laughs> Bishop, what are you saying? You're listening to music because you're emotional. So you turn on music that matches your emotions because you have an appetite for that. But what you're actually doing is making your emotions worse because you started feeding that negative emotion. Y'all not saying nothing. Which means when I'm sad, rather than feeding that negative emotion, I got to turn on lift him higher. I got a new anointed whip. Y'all not saying nothing. You've got to stop feeding that negative emotion and I am out of time. I got to stop right now. Today, I have to stop right now. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.